Okay, and with that, I'd like to introduce myself back up here to introduce <laughs> as service leader. I should have hats. To introduce Pastor Fred, who not only leads, helps to lead worship, helps Pastor Michelle lead worship, but also does electrical work and then seeks the Lord on your behalf to bring a message to you today. So I ask that you honor him as he comes and brings our word. work on getting you that hat. You did a good job. You did a good job there. <laughs> oh, and I must have cut myself. Any chance you can grab me a band-aid? In the Oh, pull the mic closer, Russell says. All right. So I'm having all sorts of issues. I hope I don't have blood on my face now. <laughs> okay. Uh Thank you, Jesus. Um, before we get going, I, I want to uh, I want to pray for Steve, who has been working so hard, junior and senior, because I saw him working hard here here yesterday. Um, but uh, Steve, being one of our local firemen, along with T and, and several others uh, in this region, um, so kind of a semi funny story related to it, uh, and then we're going to pray for you, but. Uh, so I think it was Wednesday, no, thir Tuesday, Tuesday, we're, we're up at the clinic, uh, if you don't know, I, I, uh, I work at the clinic just down the road uh, above Premier Bank, and from there we see billows of smoke, and then we start to hear fire engines, and, all, and more fire engines, and more fire engines, and so everyone's like rushing to the window, oh no, what's on fire, because we could see kind of smoke, but we couldn't tell what was on fire, so everyone is at the window going, Oh no, it looks like Taco Bell. Oh no, it looks like Taco Bell. And finally, someone jumps on, someone jumps on the uh, talk of Genoa and they go, Oh, it's just the lumber. It's just the lumber place. It's not Taco Bell. It's okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but in the midst of that, uh, our brave firefighter, uh, was injured, so we want to pray for Steve's shoulder, correct? Arm, we'll go for the arm, tricep. So Father, we just pray that you would just heal that arm uh, that he's been just so faithfully using for so many things, but uh, especially in the service to this community. So, Father, we just pray total healing and restoration, remove all swelling, inflammation, and pain in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, thank God Taco Bell is saved. So, um, I shared, I don't know, it's been, I think, a few months ago now, about this, about this, this year being a year of pivots. There were going to be a lot of pivots that are coming up. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and I, I have found that to be true for myself on a personal level uh, on many just different small areas. But on, on a larger scale, the Lord's really been laying this word on my heart 
that here's another opportunity to pivot. And it's not just a, a me thing. And this is by no means something that, that I, uh, I, I'm, I'm walking in perfectly, okay? But it's an opportunity to pivot for the body of Christ. It's an opportunity, I, I really believe in this nation especially, um, there has been so much offense that has taken place, um, and you can argue justly and unjustly, um, uh, across the aisles, across states, in, in families, over the last several years. There's a lot of offense, right? I mean, we, we come out of COVID, and, uh, you know, you go to a family gathering, and, and one's offended because, well, you're asking me to wear a mask, and another one's offended that, well, why aren't you wearing a mask? And then you're offended that you're offended. And, and so it just multiplies. Like there's just tons of offense and it's everywhere, right? Um, I want to talk to you, share with you, and I'm going to do my best to let the word of God do this, the talking for the most part. Uh, but about learning how to become unoffendable. Again, it's not something that I have, uh, I have mastered by any means. However, it's, at the same time, it's something that I, I have purposed to walk in through the years. And, and because of that, have some authority. So I encourage you, if you have your Bible or your Bible app, to open it up. And I'm going to be sharing, um, I'm going to be crossing between New American Standard. Uh, I'm going to be using the Passion Translation here and there. Um, but uh, I want you to start out with Luke chapter 19, if you would. And I just want to start with the story. So this is a familiar story, right? And you might think it's kind of a funny place to start. Nevertheless, this is where the Lord said, this is where I want you to start. So starting in verse 1, chapter 19, it says, He entered Jericho, Jesus, and passing through. And there was a man there up by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Like he was loaded, right? Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was a, unable because of the crowd for he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down for today. I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. And when he saw it, they all began to grumble saying, he has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, the story doesn't end there. In verse 11, it says, While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable. 
So, so Jesus is telling a parable connected with what just took place. So often, for myself, I have looked at these as two separate stories. It's two separate things because you know, Luke's got his rendition of what happens next, uh, uh, as does, I, I believe, all, all the other three. There's a version of this, this next portion. Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem, they were, and they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself, and then returned. And he called ten slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, do business until I come back. And so you know this story. You've heard it. You've heard it of the minas. You've heard it uh, um, of the talents, right, or, or coins. Someone's invested. These slaves, these servants, are, are, are charged with finances, right, in order to build kingdoms. And we know the end of that story, too, that, that the one who takes it and, and doesn't invest is seen as a worthless slave and he's cast out into the cold where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, depending, depending on the version, right? As I read through it this time, I'm just, I'm just so aware that, at least in part, while, while Jesus, I mean, there's layer after layer of the word, Right? Um, and I've gleaned so many things out of this through the years, but it's like, wait, he's talking about people. He's talking specifically, or at least in part, about Zacchaeus, whom he had just met. He's talking about the, what had just occurred prior to. And I went, oh. See, we tend to read the story of Zacchaeus from, from the point of view of what we know now, historically. But in that time, real time, what's happening is Zacchaeus was despised. He was, in society, the lowest of the low. And yet Jesus is talking about him being this valuable treasure that needed to be invested in. Oh man, doesn't that just grab you? It, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, even as I... I'm undone when I think about this. Because who is the lowest of the low in society? There's lots of different opinions. Right? You can, some would say politicians. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> Others would say, no, prostitutes. No, it's the pimps. No, it's the this. It's the drug dealers. It's the, you name it. It's the, it's the weapons dealers. Insert the name. But Jesus is talking about, listen, even these we need to invest in. Even these I don't want just back, just, just nothing. I want interest at the very least. You tracking with me? Most miss the fact that Jesus connects this lowly, offensive man as being a thing to invest in, a person to invest in. That we would, that, and that when we choose not to, there are dire consequences. He's speaking, there, within this is the dichotomy, the, the, the challenge of dealing with offense. Because we're constantly offended 
by things going on in society. We're constantly offended by things going on in our families, even in our homes sometimes, right? And it's how do we meet that offense? What's offense? Let's, let's, let's just briefly go there for a moment, okay? According to Merriam-Webster, uh, at least one definition that kind of just covers the, the overall uh, what it is, right? Offense is something that outrages uh, the moral or physical senses. So typically an act, right? It's something that someone does to us, something that they say, uh, it's one of those two things. Or even something that they represent, we'll say. Here's what I want to challenge you with. And listen, uh, I want to let the Word of God do most of the talking this morning, okay? Um, because there's times you just don't need to add anything to it. Um <clears throat> But Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 19 in the Passion Translation says this, Don't be angrily offended over evildoers or be agitated by them. <laughs> That's tough. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 16. If you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, you demonstrate discretion indeed. But the fool has a short fuse and will immediately let you know when he's offended. Again, these two scriptures are taken out of the Passion Translation. Another one from the Passion is Psalm 119 and verse 165. There is such great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word, and they will never be offended. And this is one of my favorites. Romans, this is the New American Standard, Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against, not people, but against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. It's such a blurry line. It is so easy to pick up offense, to pick up offense on, on the behalf of others, Come on, we've all done it. I'm no stranger to this. I'm a, I'm a champion. I can beat you at this if you really want me to. I don't like it. But it's not where we're called to live. Here's something that, though I've heard it read, from, from the time I first entered church, since before I was even born again, right? It, this, it's another familiar passage. 
Isaiah chapter 53, one of my favorite passages in Scripture, or chapters in Scripture, of Jesus, right? He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent. It's covered behind the cross. <laughs> a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. Isaiah 53 and verse 7. This is Jesus. The man who had every right to be offended. Took every offense upon him and did not open his mouth. When given the opportunities to speak why this is unjust. Did not. This is so hard. This is a, such a hard place to be in the midst of offense. I don't care what it is. I don't care what level, what arena. Now, you may be saying internally at the moment, and maybe rightly so. Well, Pastor Fred, how are we supposed to change things when there's so much injustice in the world that needs Jesus infused in the middle of it? I would say to you, let your offense be turned to the only one that you really have a right to be offended at. Because there's, there's one person behind it all. It's Satan. It's, it's the devil. You can be offended at him all day long. Because we're called to destroy the works of the devil. And even these people, these people, such as Jesus plucked, right? He, he didn't just pick all the cute ones necessarily and say, oh, this is Zacchaeus. Look, he's so short and cute. We read about him in stories. People will, oh, he'll make a good image for this, right? We can you know, paint little things and little Zacchaeus in the tree, make them all happy and smiley. And people won't be offended by that. We can kind of gloss over it. No, he, he picked the reviled. We see a great example of this in, in the story that John tells in chapter 8. John's the only one who tells this story, right? John chapter 8, this is the story of the woman caught in adultery. And we see the Pharisees come and they, they throw this woman. Again, another reviled person, an offensive person. She's been caught in the act of adultery. Now again, we look at it through the lens of history and because we know what happens, right? But here's someone that just slept with with someone else's husband. Or here's someone who just cheated on her husband. Right? And they throw her out. And so, boom, there's one offensive thing. And then the, the, the Pharisees kind of come in. I just see them kind of puffing their chest. And, hey, you know, according to the law, this woman should be stoned. This is an offensive act. 
And we don't know what Jesus did, right? There's been lots of speculation. You know, he, we know he bent down and he was writing something in the dirt, but we really don't know. All that we know is that when he got up and he answered, he gave an answer that just shut everything down, but didn't come against the Pharisees. What? He didn't. He gave opportunity for them to recognize their own sin. Because he said, you who has the first, you who has sin, throw the first stone. He gave them an opportunity to reflect. It's like, come on! He just diffused that thing. And he didn't give in to the offense. How did he do that? It's, it's a God thing, right? It's only Holy Spirit. We've all been faced with situations where people get us so angry, we're just seeing red, right? Come on. I'm not alone here. People make us see red. Situations make us see red. Injustice makes us see red. And yet somehow we're called to not pick up the offense, to see the offender, the true the offender, the devil in the midst of it, and recognize that it's him and say, wait, there's a valuable treasure here. Hold on a second. This ticks me off to no end because of the injustice, because of the unrighteousness of this situation. But hold on, there's treasure here. How do I mine this treasure in the midst of it? This goes against our human nature. Another scripture which I really found useful and I'm pulling these, these from Patricia King, and I'll explain that in a moment. Um, because God set me on this path, you know, some time ago. But, but sometimes, well, I'll just go there right now. Sometimes he just takes you, and, and because you're trying to understand something that you just don't understand, you go, I wonder what Bill Johnson has to say about this. <laughs> I wonder what so-and-so has to say about this because I don't have words to articulate the thing that I want to articulate. You know, I, I've known this, I've felt it, I, 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 there's something stirring in me, but I don't know how to speak it out. And so, I, I, and I typed in unoffendable. Unoffendable. Turns out Patricia King just has a book that came out in November of 2022, um, and she had just given this word, and so I listened to it this week, and I went, shut my mouth. I mean, that's it. And I'm going to share that, that link with you. If you're on Facebook or if you're not on Facebook, I'll send it to you. It, it, it's, it's a really good word. Um, because I, I don't have the definitive word on this. And, and for that matter, neither does she. But yet, God is speaking something at this time, at this point in time, that, that really, goes to, it really goes to this. Right? Revelations. Chapter 12 and verse 10 says this, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and the, and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren have been thrown down. He who accuses them before, the, before our God day and night. When we pick up offense, we take, the role, we take on the role, we can take on the role of the accuser. And is it possible that, 
you know, for years I have heard this said, and I've said it myself, and I've shared it from the pulpit. You know, why is it that you go to another country, and, and God just works and moves, and there's, there's resurrections, and there's healings, and there's signs, and there's wonders, and there's miracles, and yet in the States, it's just a trickle, 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 trickle. You don't see a whole lot. Is it possible that some of that is because we are so busy working on behalf of the accuser and picking up offense? Now salvation. Are we not seeing the fullness of salvation because we haven't dealt with the fullness of offense in our hearts? I've had to repent throughout the week. If that makes you feel any better. Is it possible that we're not seeing the power, the dunamis? Come on, we're coming together next week and we're saying, Jesus, we want to see the hip replacements. We want to see you take metal out of people's back. We want to see the beep, 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 where there's metal one minute and then someone gets prayed for and silence because the metal is now gone. We want to see God resurrecting people. We want to see all sorts of things. We want to see cancer gone over this region. Pastor Jeannie had this, this amazing uh, a word, uh, I don't know if it was a dream or a word, years ago, where the, between Genoa and Woodville and Elmore, there would be this like Bermuda Triangle where people would drive through and if they had cancer, it would just drop off. Come on, who doesn't want to enter into that? Who doesn't want to see that? But here's the thing, we can't hold on to our offense. We can't hold on to it and continue to, to love the seed of the accuser. Where we do. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, probably. I was just telling you about Patricia King. I need, I need some water. I was just telling you about Patricia King. I want to share just a few quotes from the word that I was listening to. If you don't like them, you can get mad at her, not me. Offended. offended. If you get offended by this word on a, being unoffendable, then you can be mad at her, not me. Right? Makes sense. When you're not, when you are offended, you're not walking in love. And when you're walking in love, you're not offended. That's a tough one. It takes a little while to digest that one. And I'm not saying just a matter of moments, but it hits home. <clears throat> it is actually possible to live a life without offense. If we love the Lord, if we love the word, he's going to give us the power to speak the truth boldly in love, to even be confrontational without being fueled by offense. I love this quote. I'm going to say it again because this articulated the very thing that I was looking for, the very thing that I was trying to articulate because it's absolutely 100% true. It is a difficult truth it's an extremely difficult truth because so often 
if you're like me, you're used to letting your offense fuel you. Because the scripture says, be angry but sin not. So we go, all right, there's some righteous anger going on here. And there's a place for that. But there's no place for offense. We still need to know who the target is. And who the treasure is. And it's not easy. You know, she was given an example of, of going on a missions trip and, and being in the airport and seeing this guy who had just, just hired a, a lady of the night, a hooker, right? And it's this young girl, this young girl who could have been, one, could have been her daughter, right? Sitting there with this old man. And she's just getting all stirred up by the righteous, righteous indignation which she had for what this man was doing with this young lady. And all these scenarios are going through her head with how they could, well, they could just, you know, get the young lady, they could take her to their hotel room, they could, they could help her escape, and this and that. And the Lord just stopped her in her tracks and said, but wait, what about the guy? Do you know what he's been through that, that actually led him to the point where he's looking to take her home? And they began to have this conversation that just totally unraveled things. To where not only could God use them on this missionary trip to save those who, who have been sold into the, to the uh, sex slave, uh, trade, right? Or, or been sold at a young age just as slaves, period. But could actually deliver them while delivering the ones who, who were taking advantage of them in the process. Come on. I want to love like that. I so want to love like that because I don't always see that. And yet at the same time, I look at my own life. And I know several of us could, could say the same thing. I look at my own life and I see that at one point in time, if not maybe currently, I was reviled for the things that I did. The things I was doing were disgusting on the surface. I was the one that you should have taken offense at. I was the one that you should have condemned to hell. I know that path. I, I know what it's like on that side of it. I also know how desperate I was. How desperate I was to get out of doing the very thing that I didn't want to do. Yes, there are people who are going to embrace their sin. Absolutely. And God help them. There is a place for them, and it's called hell. When you simply embrace your sin and you don't want out, but there are so many people who just see no op other option than to feed the rage inside, than to feed the lust inside, than to feed the, the, the dysfunction that's been fueled from years of abuse themselves. Because they've been, come on, they're shackled. And until we can start seeing people around us through these eyes, we're going to struggle. We won't be able to step into the fullness of the mountains that we're called to, to bring deliverance and, and to set people free. We won't be able to see the fullness of what we're called to do. 
There is this amazing place where it is actually possible to live a life without offense. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to figure it out right here in this moment. I can't fully explain it. Other than Jesus. Zacchaeus, Mary Magdalene, Matthew was a a tax collector, right? We could probably go through most of the apostles, and they had something going on in their past. They weren't perfect people. I'm convicted by this word because it's a word that I just so passionately want to live from. And in truth, I also want to find the back door (laughs) where I can hold on to my offense because of some of, of what I see. And y'all are exposed to all sorts of things that, I, that I'm not. But that's not what, it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it just. There's a place that we can move and operate in heavenly places and accomplish the righteousness of God without using offense as fuel, right? Here was the other quote. Many actually thrive on being Offended because it makes them feel more powerful. But it doesn't bring about the justice or a right result. First Corinthians chapter 13, Paul gives us the love chapter. And so often, again, it's quoted in weddings and, you know, weddings and Weddings and lots of weddings. And it's a great chapter. And it's all about the love of God. But what it boils down to is this. You know, if you do not have love, you do not have anything. You are not anything, and it profits nothing. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Well, before he says, or earnestly desire spiritual gifts, he says, Let love be your highest goal. Or let love be the highest aim. So as you're aiming for those spiritual gifts, as you're aiming to set people free, let love always be your highest goal. And when love's your highest goal, you don't walk in offense. I would say it's that simple, which it is, but it's not. The greatest commandment when Jesus was challenged Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the highest goal.
when we make love our highest goal, we can be seated in heavenly places and actually enjoy the view. I thought about this, and th this is how I, 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 see, I see it, whether it, we're speaking of offense or, or any sin, right? Um, it is true that we're seated in heavenly places. That's factual. That's spiritual. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. But we can have the best seat in the house for a play. We can have the best seat in the house to, to, to watch a movie. But if, if something's over our glasses, we're not gonna, it doesn't benefit us. If we got poop on our glasses, you're not going to see the amazing show. Or you're not going to be able to see what you're called to see. Offense is one of those things that smears poop on your glasses. So, I encourage you to listen to the word um, which Patricia gives, which I did not share. Um, you know, one of the things she says, I'll just give you just a little snippet, maybe a teaser, uh, to listen to this word. But she, she talks about that the transgression of offense actually contains five other sins within it, right? Okay? And in the first one, offended me. <laughs> because she said it's anger. I'm like, well, anger's not a sin, because be angry, but sin not. But when you listen to her in context, she says, you know, James 1.20, for example, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. So, so there's a place where, yes, you can be angry, sin not, but it doesn't mean it's accomplishing much. Sometimes it does, and it can, but it's got to be, there's context there, right? Ephesians uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 says, Be angry, and this is out of the Amplified Version. Be angry at the sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. And do not let your anger cause you shame. Anger can cause shame. You know, it, it's not just a great tool. It can be. But sometimes it can lead us to shame. Nor allow it to be last until the sun goes down. And do not give the devil the opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. The five things she's talking about are anger, bitterness, judgment, unforgiveness, and pride all rolled into the sin of offense. It's a slippery slope. And so I don't need to share more but I just want to take the opportunity that if you're with me and you need to repent for some things, I just want, let's, let's just take the opportunity to do that. There are things that come to mind. If there aren't, that's fine. It, you're now more aware for when those things do come up. <laughs> I, was, I was telling Apostle Tim that I was going to be preaching on this. He's like, oh boy, you're going to have a fun week. <laughs> Because you're always challenged by the words that come out of your that come out of your mouth. You got something you wanted to share, Jerry? Hold, let me get a microphone to you. Oh yes, you do. 
The people at home want to hear the voice of Jerry Hyland. Come on. I was reading this week a book by uh, Chuck Swindoll, a biography of Joseph, and how in his time of captivity and imprisonment, he never showed being offended. He always was calm and, and never lashed out on anybody. If you read the story, you'll see it's true. And, and I went through all of his references. Then Chuck Swindoll told his story, his theory that he uses when somebody offends him or calls with a question that may be offensive or wants an answer that could be offensive. He calls it his 300-second rule, his five-minute rule. He can hang up the phone for five minutes, sit there and think all the positive things that might come out of this and the, the negative things which he can answer in a with an answer that is under control and doesn't offend the other person. So I just wanted to tell you, I've tried that a couple times and it seems to work. Um, taking five minutes or 300 seconds to think the situation over, call the person back, text them back, or talk to them again. But if you talk to them right away and say what's on your mind, it not, may not turn out so good. So just something. Jared can't fall asleep anymore because the lights are on on this side. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> that's why I can say that. <laughs> so this is something that's on your heart and we just need to do some house cleaning for. Just, you know, take a moment, bow your head internally. I'm not going to make you stand, but you know if this is you. And so I'm just going to lead us in a prayer and we're going to be done with it because we don't need to linger on it. We don't need to beat ourselves up about it. We don't need to feel all ugly and, and, and shameful and this and that because that comes straight from the pit of hell, right? We just need to deal with it when we recognize it and move on and turn and do the right thing where we're called to. So rather than lead you through a prayer, I'm just going to pray for you and you can pray something internally. How about that? So Father, I just ask forgiveness on behalf of all of us who, who just, we struggle with offense and we've got people that we're holding on to and we have people that we, we picked up offense for. Lord, where we're just, the judgments that we've made against people, the individual, rather than the sins, rather than the things that, that, that they're caught in, Father. Anywhere where we just have not judged rightly or righteously, we ask for the revelation of Jesus Christ to come forth, to reveal it to our hearts, and then show us how to walk in this love and to make love our highest aim. You did it so perfectly, Jesus, and it's, it's just such a mic drop to us. You're so amazing, and you're so perfect, and you're so good, and you loved me even when I was totally offensive. 
even when I deserve to be in jail. You showed grace and you showed mercy. So, Father, I just pray that, that you would just give us the lenses to be able to see with the eyes of love, to be able to rightly divide the word, to be able to rightly divide uh, situations, to execute justice where it's needed, but from a heavenly perspective and not fueled by offense. Just pray for the revelation of Jesus Christ to be all over us, especially as we go into this coming week and into the coming weekend, Father. We want to just receive the fullness of that next level that we're, that we're declaring we're stepping into, that we have been stepping into, that we believe there's even more of available. So, Father, even now, just, just, just release the floodgate of next level each and every one as we work as we move as you have us uh, going out and, and just help us to see the captives that need to be set free on every level we ask all these things we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name amen please so what Pastor Fred is uh has brought to us this morning this message is just really resonating with me because this has been on my heart and on my mind for the last several weeks um, some of the areas that he's covering here and, and some of it's been driven by some of the national topics that we have going on right now um, uh, transgender people different things like that and and, and, um, and some of the ways that we respond and the things that we do and I, I think this is pivotal we need to get a hold of this because this is kingdom strategy kingdom strategy now i think that there are those among us who are called to strategize and to think about the bigger picture and to think about things like this but one of the one of the enemy's greatest tools is division people inside of a family divided from one another people in the nation believing us versus them them versus us and it's so effective right now but if, 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 there are those of us who are called to think about the big picture, but all of us are called to worry about what's inside of us. And if what's inside of us is surrounded by love, you know, he said the, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with everything that you have and then love everyone around you, including yourself. And all the law and the prophets uh, spin around that. If we are coming at a situation in love, if, if you go after someone and say that, you know, you can't, change your gender you can't do this or you can't do that simply because you find it disgusting or you, you you don't like it you are attacking the person you are causing greater division and the appearance of that from the outside if the house of God is known as a place where offense breeds and hatred breeds and the ability or the, the desire to tell someone what to do breeds then the house of God is not a place that people want to be right so just like we're fixing up this room, making it more attractive, I, I, and I love that because every, every change that we make in here and everything that John brings and all the work that we do makes it a place that people are going to want to stay when they come. That's kingdom strategy. If we operate in love, we attack the devil, the sin, the division, the isolation, the sickness, and heal the person. This is so important. You know that Christians are known Christians are known for, if, if you're working in a restaurant, they're the ones who tip the worst. 
I'm sorry, but I feel like I'm called to tip big. This is a big thing. This is just this is just me. What if we lived in a world where when there's a disaster or when something is wrong or bad, when people go, oh my goodness, thank God the Christians are here. Instead of, oh no, yeah. here come those people. They're going to tell me what to do right. or how to do it. Right this is kingdom strategy. This is pivotal. This is one of the biggest things going on right now. Everything that's in the news, all the division, all the hatred, all the unbelievable stupidity, all of the people calling good evil and people calling evil good and getting away with it and literally chiseling it into stone. All of that can be undone if we get a hold of what, what the message that was brought today. And keep love central. Keep it in our heart. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I want to say, but I'm going to stop there. Now I'm on. Okay, here we go. All right, so uh, just in closing, if you're joining us online um, and you don't know this Jesus, or Jesus the way we proclaimed him today, because he is love. And as Russell was just sharing, this isn't to be a house of division. This is to be a house where all are welcome. And we hold to that. It's not a house of judgment. It's a house of love. It's a house that God built and that we get to come in and participate and we get to get along and we get to figure out how to get along. And that's not always easy. But it's work, It's in the working out of the details and it's only through Jesus that we're speaking of that this happens. And so this is the Jesus that we proclaim to you. And this is the Jesus that if you've never met him, we want to encourage you to go to our website because Jesus lives on our website. <laughs> no, you can go to arcgenoa.org and there's a button that says meet Jesus and it, it just steps you through a little bit more about this Jesus of whom we speak of. Um, and you get a chance to welcome him into your heart and to start on this journey where you can experience this amazing place of becoming unoffendable. So... Be blessed. All of you have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing you all. Um, just quick side note, there won't be any work next weekend in here because we've got uh, um, the event all weekend long, and so there just won't be any time. So uh, if you were normally coming to work, then come and enjoy some of the, the fruits of meeting Craig. He's got amazing stories. Oh, my gosh. He will tell you stories that will not bore you that will only excite you and compel you into the fullness of, of all that you're called to do and to be. Um, it's just really good. And uh, I so look forward to it and the opportunity to be able to bring that to you. So be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And God bless.